You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about radio host Elijah Schaefer's recent claims about how persecuted white people are and how perfectly similar it sounds to the KKK talking points from 50 years ago. Televangelist Kent Christmas trying to back out of a tight spot he created for himself after saying Christians should be prepared to strap bombs to their chest. How's he going to get himself out of this one? Televangelist Manuel Johnson famously claimed Jesus told him to buy a BMW motorcycle for him, making even more bizarre claims about God putting Trump on Mount Rushmore. Not physically, of course, in spirit. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. I might be taking calls like a call-in type of thing. If you want to participate in the call-in thing, it costs me basically by the minute. So I'm going to have like one to two minutes per call. I'm going to probably spend 20, 30 minutes taking calls. The number is 641 Morgan 1. The number is 641-667-4261. I got an ad recently for something called the Tuttle Twins books. Um, I actually wrote it down. Just give me a moment. I actually heard about this, uh, yes. Uh, Saberspark came to visit me not too long ago at my house, and he suggested that to me. It's called the Tuttle Twins and the 12 Rules Boot Camp is what I have down here. Is that what you got? Um, no, I got something that was actually a lot, was just advertising the company itself, but it was rather disgusting how they did it. Okay. Um, they actually used children, children to promote a political agenda. Of course. That's the kind of thing that we've come to expect from them, right? Yeah, it's disgusting, but it's expected. It's literal, actual grooming. It sickens me that the trans community, my community, I'm a trans woman, clarify, that it, that these people, the Tunnel Twins, Lauren Bobert, mm-hmm. hell, Matt Walsh, that they would just lie and then be a hypocrite and actually be the groomers, the pedophiles, the, sorry. No, you're I'm good. I'm just groomers. Yeah, yeah, you, you're 100% right. And it's just... It's sickening, but expected, and it's... Absolutely. There is, it is rife with, uh, with hypocrisy. Like, there is no sense of hypocrisy with these people. They will go to any lengths. It's like that one clip I play. I don't know how much you watch my stuff, where they say, Hitler always goes for the youth. We must go for the youth. It's like they're this close to understanding... That they are the enemy, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. These people don't have self. The people on Flashpoint, the, yeah. specifically, they don't have, it seems like they don't have a conscience. Right? Whatever they can do, they'll do it. Yeah. It's just, it hurts. Yeah, it does. This. But we got to keep and, fighting, right? Yeah, keep fighting. I saw something on Reddit about the ruling that you guys we're talking about your first segment. Yeah. And I'm sure your wife has a lot to say. Oh, yes. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that it was saying was why? Why just have this? And also for your wife, I for the life of me, I can't remember her name. Your Rose. name, Rose. 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 Hi. What was my ex girlfriend's name? Oh. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, she was a wonderful woman. We just... Okay, perfect. <laughs> this one is too, I think. By the way, do you have my equal? <laughs> and uh, well, I'm glad I'm in good company with other roses. Oh, she can't be heard on the call. Oh, oh, that's right. She, uh, shoot. Well, oh, that that's disappointing. Or or not, depending on whether she you said, actually well, want to hear me. Disappointing, or not, whether or not you want to hear hear me. <laughs> but at least I'm in good company. She said. It was yeah. a question for her. It's a question for her. Okay. Is it possible to sue SCOTUS for violating or breaking uh, com not common law? What is it? Three hundred years of practice. I will dictate her answer to you. Go ahead. What, what's your answer? No, there, there's no real way to hold the Supreme Court accountable. Not through a lawsuit, not through like any kind of election. The Supreme Court dictates what is constitutional. And the Constitution is the highest law of our land. They can be impeached, but, like, that's going to happen. It's the exact same process as impeaching a president. It's just not going to happen, you know. And on top of that, what we'll probably have to end up doing is the same thing the Republicans did for Roe versus Wade. We're going to need to replace a lot of the Supreme Court justices with justices that actually care about human rights. And then we're going to have to get an ideal case in front of them so that they can specifically overrule this case. It's difficult. It's doable, but it's going to be difficult, and we're going to have to fight. And, and this is just my little note on top of that. That's how it always is. It's difficult, but it's, and we always have to fight, but the moral arc bends toward justice, not naturally. Because we bend it that way, you know? Yeah, artificially. Yeah, we do it. We have to be the ones out there fighting. So, anyway, that that's my take on it, too. Anything else you wanted to mention? Is there anything the, not the UN can do about this other than urge America to change? I mean, the United States is operating without really any care for how the international community views us. The UN and dozens of countries have now put out like travel advisories to the United States and to specific states. But that doesn't mean anything to bigots. If anything, they've held it out as a badge of honor. You know, look at the evil UN, look at all of these evil Europeans, Asians, whatever else. Um, they want they want to discriminate and they will do anything they can and no one's going to stop them unless we do there's no one coming to save us and here's my note to that i i totally agree with that but something you'll notice is that there don't seem to be any countries criticizing the united states not, uh, not very much it's very rare to hear a country criticize the us it's almost like they just kind of want to 
stay in their own little pockets and do their own little things and not worry about anything, not like disrupt international whatever, unless there's something so serious that it can't be ignored, like Russia invading Ukraine, for example. Like that couldn't be ignored. And they called for Putin to go to The Hague after that point. The United States has not come to that point, although it's be become very clear at this point that travel advisories are very warranted, you know, um, for the gun problem in the U.S. and and a bunch of other things. So anyways, yeah, just got to keep fighting. This is my last question. Do you think if Trump or DeSantis gets into office miraculously, uh, do you think we'll have another Russia situation? What do you mean? Can you elaborate? What do you mean by Russia situation? Like um, how Russia is corrupt, how they have so much screaming power, yet their core is so rotten that it will fall from under them at any blow, any true blow, even if it destroys the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, with Russia, it's a really interesting thing the way that that russia worked and the way that it became the way that it is it's like the, the short answer to the question is i don't think so if desantis or trump takes control of the u.s or, or something like that i i don't think that that's going to happen similar to russia but in the 90s in 91 i think russia was all, it, you know, it was all part of the USSR run by Gorbachev, and then Yeltsin took control, Gorbachev's successor. And Yeltsin and Gorbachev basically ended, for all intents and purposes, communism completely, and it all collapsed into a fully capitalist, a completely unregulated market, at, at which point the people at the very top in Russia started selling off all of the state's assets to all of their close friends. Like Vladimir Putin at the time was the mayor of one of the cities and, you know, had the authority after it fell to uh, basically sell parts of the city to people. And that's what he did. He sold businesses and buildings and, and all kinds of stuff. And that's how you got oligarchs. They were basically people that were close friends with the people that were in charge at the time that this took place. It was a very unique situation that played out in a very specific way that couldn't have really played out unless it was in that very specific set of circumstances. So... I don't think it's going to end up like Russia where the bottom is hollowed out and the whole thing falls apart like that. But the U.S. It seems to be almost on like an accelerationist path that, in my opinion, is going to end badly unless we do something, unless people higher up than us, honestly, do something to prevent it from happening. Like Biden and the Democratic Party seem to be working toward you know, ending the corruption that comes from Republicans and stuff. So we just got to hope for the best, you know. See, I would actually care to disagree with that. Basically, I think that the United States could not survive another Trump presidency or someone similar to Trump like Ron DeSantis. I agree with that. 
We had so many issues, so many, so many circumstances where democracy almost fell last time around. And we got by just by the skin of our teeth. I don't think we would be that lucky again. And I think that they would be more prepared this time around to have the power to destroy our ability to hold people accountable for corrupt acts. I agree with her on we won't survive another Trump situation. Um, my stepdad, he was an, he's an abusive person, but he owned an electrical company or owns an electrical company. And he loved Trump back in 2016. By 2019, he was happy to see literally anybody on the Republican Party out. He hates the Democratic Party, hates them. He would rather have a DeSantis than Trump. And I do hope that his company goes under for personal reasons, but I don't want to see it go under because of Trump. I don't want it to go under because of DeSantis. I want it to go under because he's a person and deserves that. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want him to be able to blame it on anybody but himself, right? Yeah, but he's a narcissist. He'll find a way. Yep, yep. I absolutely know what you mean. I'll tell you what, I'm going to get on to the next person, appreciate the phone call, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you next time, okay? Thank you. You have a good one, y'all. Yeah, you too. Area code 402, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How's it going? This is going fine. Good, good. Uh, This is a question to your wife, Rosa Morgan. What she thinks about that crap shovel court case between FCT and Microsoft where the FCT was protecting Sony, the market leader, and not Microsoft and the consumers. I vaguely know about it. It's not one of the ones that I looked at closely, although I will say it's good to speak to another Nebraskan. Go Huskers. Uh, the area mm-hmm. code. Are you are you from Nebraska, 402? Yes, I'm from Nebraska. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's from Nebraska, too. Yeah, we haven't looked <laughs> too closely into the, uh, the case, but we'll have to take a look at that case. What, do you remember the name of it? It's basically about talking about Microsoft owning Activision and Sony's crying because they're going to lose a lot of money and they're complaining. They're going to make Call of Duty exclusive while they make Final Fantasy 16 exclusive and cut off from Xbox. Right, 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 right. I, I, you know what? I feel like I've heard a little bit about that. That's interesting. I have to look into that a little bit myself. But that okay. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for the call. Any other questions or mentions or anything? Nope, not tonight. All right, thanks for calling. Okay, bye. We got area code 260. Can you hear me, area code 260? Yep, I can hear you. How's it going? It's going really good, man. I'm so excited to be on the phone with you because my wife's a mega fan of you. Um, and she has been sending me literally everything you have put on YouTube and we've literally watched everything together. We just love everything you do because it helps us with our deconstruction of our cult-like past because we were, uh, I was a pastor son in Fundamental Baptist. So you can can imagine the nutter buttery that I went through and 
she and she was a um, daughter of a missionary, so we we kind of <laughs> not a fun situation. Yeah, absolutely no. Yeah, and your show has helped us so very much. Um, my cool. wife did email you. Um, it's a it's a it's some interesting things, and it's about my dad's church. Okay. So if you can check that out sometime, dude. Yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, what What's the first name I should be looking for? I'll keep a lookout. Serretta. Serretta, okay. And like I said, my, my dad has actually said this one phrase that I haven't heard uh, anyone that you've covered so far, like the QAnon people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I have not heard this one yet, but you mind if I tell him? He told everybody in the congregation, and this is just at, like, prayer time where he gets, like, prayer requests and then they pray about it. This isn't even the sermon part. He told everyone there that the light blue and light pink in the LGBTQ flag was for pedophiles. Okay. Yeah, I've actually heard something similar. Are those the trans colors or is it just another part? Yeah, those part are the, the trans colors. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep. And he actually posted it all to Facebook, so he's on Facebook. The church is Open Door Baptist Church, so if you ever see any of that stuff, he's quite unhinged lately. I I actually um, sent him a no-contact letter because I came out as non-binary, and oh, now gosh. I have been labeled by them as an enemy and basically me my wife and my kid are disowned by them so when you're talking about how you've been disowned and stuff again you don't know how much you've helped both me and my wife I understand and it it's amazing <laughs> yeah absolutely how long has it been since you've been kind of uh no contact uh, we just recently did it because i was i'm I'm still breaking through a lot of the stuff. I, I've i done my wife wrong and stuff like that because of my upbringing, and I have to deal with all this crap, and I'm trying my best to change my entire life outlook because what I was on was completely wrong and, like, horrible. Gets and I, I just yeah. want to apologize to everyone who has ever had a religious nutcase like I was and, and like a lot of people are have pounded on your door and stuff and i am very sorry for all that <laughs> yeah i me too don't feel too bad i did the exact same thing knocking on people's doors and everything else yeah but. so it's, it, it's just it's a lot to lot to process through it's only been it about two years because of how heavy we're in it i mean i did junior church i did sunday school class i did special music I was a trustee. I mean, I was I was into it, dude. <laughs> wow. So was it IFB or was it like a different form? Yeah. Or it IFB? was IFB. Like, wow. My my dad my dad went to Hiles Anderson, and wow, same okay. with uh, my wife's dad. Pretty extreme, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really very. Extreme. So extreme. you said that they're QAnoners too, huh? Oh, they feed into, uh, I mean, anything Fox News, Trump, and anything to, like, completely do against the, uh, to against us, yeah, they're in that. <laughs> That's rough, man. Well, just stick it out and uh, keep on keeping on, right? Yes, sir. And as soon as we get the money, I'm definitely subscribing to you, like, following you more. Okay. 
it's just right now we just moved to Indiana and stuff, so we're kind of tied up. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, I don't ask for anything from anybody. So if you can't, then somebody else will pick up the slack for sure. Oh, yeah, I know, but you, you, you got to make a living, too, and you do right. such a great job with your research and stuff, dude. You're amazing. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> Thanks. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, do you have any other uh, questions, comments, or anything else? Uh, one, one more thing, and I'll, I'll hang sure. uh, I'll, I'll let you go. Have you ever played Brawlhalla? No, I don't think so. What's it for? Uh, it's on all the platforms. It's cross-platform. You can you can battle anybody. It's almost like a Super Smash Brothers, but it has like Rayman and, and all these other different characters and stuff. It, it's really cool. Interesting. So if you ever get a chance, yeah, it, it's really fun. It's free to download on the Switch and any system for that matter. Okay, fact, wow, so. on the Switch too. I'll check it out for sure. And you can even download it on your phone. I, I actually play a lot on my phone and my kids on the Switch, and we play, uh, we hook up and play online and stuff. So. Right. I've been looking for something to do on my phone while I'm sitting on, like, the train or sitting in an elevator or whatever, so that sounds good. Oh, trust me. It, it'll keep you busy. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a shot then. Oh, yeah, and they do tournaments too, so you, you'll be all set. <laughs> Very cool. All right. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. You too. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Awesome. And I'll tell you what, we'll hit one more. The plan is one more. 618 area code pulling up now. 618 area code. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Let me mute my TV because if I start hearing my voice, it's going to throw me off. Okay. <laughs> so I've been watching your channel for quite a while. So, like, little short backstory. Um, I've, you know, super chatted in that my wife had uh, passed away back in 2020. Uh, she was okay. 38. My son at the time was three. And, uh, you know, it's been difficult. So, you know, I got on YouTube, you know, stuff like that. I, you know, started watching these ch channels. And a little bit before she passed like i'd say about two or three months you know i came out to her as atheists like i, I didn't believe it anymore most of it was because of her parents and the way they were doing us she didn't see it because she was still very much like in the religion part of the reason why she passed away is because she had high blood pressure and diabetes and she didn't feel like taking her medicine and that caused a brainstem stroke and uh you know, so I, I always told her, I go, why would you not take your medicine? You're going right. to die. She's right. like, God wouldn't let that happen to me, you know. So she was like ultra religious then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But her church wasn't that extreme. Like her church didn't preach that kind of stuff. This came like from, it seemed like her family, you know. Right. So anyway she had passed so it'd been just me and my son for a while and you know of course her side of the family wants to indoctrinate him so i'm doing my best to try to explain to him reality but at six years old uh he's not really gonna see that sure but anyway i've i've been following your channel and i've seen like the different times where you've you know brought up talking to your mom and stuff like that and this yeah last video and i have to say like the last video that i saw i i thought oh and you've you won you won that battle you may bear the scars but you won dude yeah um and that inspires me like 
you know, it, it inspires me to just keep doing great and doing the best I can in my life. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a challenge to deal with my mom because it's, you know, it, it, it's like there's absolutely no getting it through her thick skull. It's like a, a dead end mm -hmm. road. But I figure if I talk about it, some people may find some value in it, some kind of mm -hmm. interest and, and and maybe learn from it in some way, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The thing that I felt, and I, you might agree with me, I don't know, but I felt like that it wasn't necessarily so much the Jehovah's Witnesses getting their claws into her. That's how I felt at first, but now it seems like she's using the Jehovah Witnesses to further her goals or further her narcissism or yeah. whatever it is, right? I mean, do you feel like that too? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. She's most definitely got narcissism for sure. And uh, she uses Jehovah's Witnesses as a religion to further any mental conditions that she seems to have um, for better or mm -hmm. worse. Not good. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm inspired by your story. And, I appreciate it. You know, and whenever I was younger, so whenever I was about 16 years old, me and my mom at that time didn't get along too well. She was very overbearing as a parent. Mm. Uh, I was brought up in a Baptist church. You know, my dad was a deacon of that church. He helped build the church with his own bare hands. He had right. passed away in 2009. And... um Anyway, they, they were very much into that religion. And, you know, as I was kind of exploring on my own and stuff like that, getting in my teenage years, I had a truck. At the time, I'd worked at Walmart and stuff. And me and my mom didn't get along at all, you know. And she ended up kicking me out of the house. And I had to go live with my dad, who was just absent in my life, you know. So right. I, I feel that I feel for you that your your dad was abusive towards you. My dad was non-existent. It seems like, you know, towards the end, he really did kind of start stepping in, you know, where he needed to, but that just made it that much harder. Too little, too late. You know, right? after his passing, right. Yeah. And uh, so I had to live with him, and whenever I was living with him, I was either kicked out or ran away. I mean, me and him didn't get along, so I was staying with friends, not knowing what friend I was going to stay with, yeah. what meals I was going to eat, so I can kind of relate a little bit in that way. Although your story was like more extreme and it was more finite, you know, than what, what mine was like, eventually I'd go back and maybe stay a night or two at my dad's. We'd, you know, have our words or whatever. And then I'd be gone again for weeks at a time. Right. So I ended up joining the Navy to kind of get out of that situation. Did it work out? Um, yeah, kind of, you know, being a young kid like that and finding my footing going into the Navy immediately afterwards, I got out and found myself in a little bit of trouble, you know, with mm, the law. Yeah, I understand. It, it wasn't necessarily anything that I actually did myself. I, I knew a lot of the things that my friends were doing, but I was kind of caught up in that whole mix anyway. Yeah. Ended up having to take a plea agreement, spending a bunch of time in prison and, uh, you know, I kind of, if we have time, I, I have a question for Rosen. I have no idea if it would work or not, but, um, okay. you know, ended up getting out and fixing, fixing myself up and, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to move on and get past this point in my life. And 
Yeah. You know, the, the question I'd have for Rose is this really came back and bit me in a big way where there's restitution that came along with all this stuff. And uh, anyway, I, I got a letter in the mail from the federal government saying, hey, we need this. Uh, we need your income and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, OK, what's this about or whatever? Two days later, my work calls me and says, hey, you know, we got contacted from this office saying that they're wanting to garnish your paycheck. So I called the number on that paper. I'm like, well, it gives. Why, why are you guys garnishing my paychecks? And the lady on the other side of the line says, oh, this isn't a check garnishment. We just need to figure out, you know, that you work there and what you make and stuff so we can come up with this payment plan for this restitution. I said, okay, that's fine. I'm willing to work with you on that. I go, but for the past six, seven years, you guys haven't worried about it. You've been happy just taking my income taxes. So what gives there, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm just new on the case and I'm playing catch up. I go, that's fine. If you need payment out of me, that's fine. Let's do that. Oh, let's be in contact and we'll, we'll work something out. Let's just not garnish my checks. Right. And then I get a letter in the mail a week later saying they're going to garnish my checks. Interesting. So my thing is, is this happened back in 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. It's now 2023. I mean, almost 20, 20 years. years or Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was in 2003. So my question is, is I made a plea agreement and the judge asked me, did you make this plea agreement under duress or blah, blah, blah. Of course, I said no, you know, because I was scared. I was told by my own lawyer that I would get 20 years if I didn't take this plea agreement. Right. So, of course, I was scared. Of course, I was under duress. So I want to get my case heard under you know under that premise saying that i was under duress whenever i make this plea agreement i want to withdraw my guilty plea and plead not guilty and make them find me guilty in court or not guilty thing is i didn't do it so they have to prove that i did it right well yeah this prove uh guilt uh innocent till proven guilty yeah right and so i want to withdraw my guilty plea based on that but in this letter that she sent me they said that they're only going to be able to come after me until 2029. This is an astronomical, I will never pay this in my entire life type of restitution to an insurance company. Hundreds of thousands, I guess, right? $381,771 and some odd cents. Right. Sounds like my student loans. Right. And this lady tells me, now it's for the rest of your life. Until this is completely paid off, we're coming after you for the rest of your life. So my thought is they now changed my sentence from what it was previously to what they feel like they want it to be now. Interesting. Um, do I have time? Is Can I like go in and withdraw my guilty plea even though so much time has passed? Well, let me tell you what my thoughts are and then Rose can tell you her thoughts. Will that work, Rose? Oh, I would rather go first if that's okay. Go ahead. So I, I, this is such a hard position to be in, I know, and the criminal justice system has so many issues with it, but unfortunately I'm not a lawyer, I'm just a law student, and even if I were a lawyer, I'm not your lawyer, I can't give you any kind of advice, but what I would say is look at, you know, some of the some of the free resources in your area, legal aid, or even reaching out to the public defender's office and see if you can maybe get some legal advice. 
And here's my position on it. I think that, uh, I, I, like, I don't know who's contacting you, but I'll tell you this. After coming out of cybersecurity, like, I was a software engineer for six years. I was involved mm -hmm. in cybersecurity for years and everything. I don't trust anybody if they're calling me or anything like that ever. I need, like, a registered certified letter from the U.S. government before I trust it. And even then, I don't trust it. So be very, very wary. Don't yeah. give anybody any information over the phone or anything like that unless you've completely 100% right. verified everything. And don't trust a word out of their yeah. mouth. Don't click any links that are emailed to mm -hmm. you or texted to you or anything like that. So, yeah. 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 And this one, this one came in the mail to me. Oh, did it? So okay. it is in the mail from the the the, the attorney's office and stuff okay. too. So well, maybe it's real then. Maybe that's the case. I would recommend mm. find. There are a lot of free resources out there for real. In fact, aren't there clinics, Rose, at uh, local law schools? Yeah, you could reach out to the, your lo uh, law school in the area. A lot of them have um, legal defense clinics that are fantastic. Teaching students how to do this stuff and they have like legal they have full-blown lawyers overseeing it is that right rose yeah and um you they you have someone double checking their work but they're all very competent reach out to a law school near you and they may actually be able to help you with mm -hmm. that because if they're trying to get you know what they will try to get one over on you no matter what mm -hmm. that's just the world man they will do everything they can to get every penny they can possibly get out of you, um, you know? So don't let them if you can avoid it. Yeah. That's my take. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Now, yeah. the thing is, is I got one of few outcomes that could come out of this. I could say, I'm withdrawing my guilty plea. The judge could say, I'm going to hear this. And then he could say, all right, 20 years. Well, now what? You know what I mean? Or yeah. I could say, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. And he says, he hears my case and he says, all right, I find you not guilty in this. And you're free of that restitution. Or he could say, I find you not guilty and completely overturn my case. And I don't do all the money I paid back. In well, I do have to get off here in a second, but something that I, I believe like, mm -hmm. so all I know about this is just the little bit that I've picked up from being in the legal system and kind of following along with Rose here. But I believe that, as part of a plea agreement, I think you have to allocute. So you have to describe the crime and admit guilt when you take a plea agreement. So when you took the plea, mm -hmm. you basically said, yes, I did do this. And you described exactly how it happened. So I don't think it's possible to withdraw a guilty plea in a plea bargain like that anymore since it was allocated. Yeah. But I don't know. Like she said work with a professional in the area like a, a clinic a free clinic at a law school or something or public defender that'd be good mm -hmm. but anyways okay. yeah did you have any other questions for me or anything mm, i mean you know i, I kind of watch your channel and follow along on how to keep my son from being indoctrinated with church of course he's six there's cartoons that he watched that he thinks actually happen right so what, what's some of the things that i could tell a six-year-old <laughs> to help him kind of come to his own conclusion on that yeah i'll tell you what i did with my kid was like my mom was trying to indoctrinate her uh, behind my back and i slowly but surely 
kind of eased my way into critical thinking skills. Just talked about the difference between true, not true, and false. And talk about the difference between, uh, you know, all of these other things. There's as much critical thinking knowledge as you can possibly get. Teach the Socratic method, you know. Teach them how to do street epistemology, that kind of thing. Even at a young age, they're interested in this stuff. And it comes in handy as time goes on. So I would recommend just teaching basic critical thinking skills. In fact, teach about what a fallacy is and teach about um, propaganda techniques and how they're connected to each other and stuff, you know? That would be my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I let them watch your guys' channel and other people's channel with me, too. Right? That's you know, cool. So he'll, he'll sit there on the couch and, like, if he sees you on there, he'll actually talk to you thinking you can hear him. It's oh, kind of funny. Cool. <laughs> he does the same thing to John on his channel. And, uh, Oh, that's funny. He'll, he'll be like showing a toy and stuff. Oh, look at my toy. So I have to super chat. Hey, David's holding up this and this and that. And then, yeah. you know, John will acknowledge or what have you. It's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah. So I, I kind of show him that, that side of life. Like you don't have to be bogged down with church. And today he didn't want to go to church with them. But I'm like, I'm trying to teach him tactic there too, because we can't just take him. Nope. He's not going to church anymore. You know, I like sometimes you got to put up with this kind of stuff, you know, to make grandparents happy. And then, you know, trying to, trying to get them to kind of get in that mindset. You know, he used to come with, he used to come in here and he would just argue Jesus with me all the time. And I'd tell him, well, what proof do you have? Can, can you talk to him? Is he with us now? Well, of course he's in the house with us, dad, you know? And I'm like, where? Bring him out. Have him talk to me. I'll believe. <laughs> just have him yeah, talk yeah. to me once. It sounds like a fantastic way to do it. Yeah, that's how I would do it, too, for sure. It sounds like you're on the right path with it. Just keep hammering away, you know? Yeah, and he's a smart kid, so I don't foresee him being sucked in for too long. He is right. very smart. He picks things up quick, so, yeah, you know, it's good on him for that. <laughs> that is good, yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get yeah. out of here. I appreciate you hanging out with me and chatting. It's been fun. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm, I'm glad I got to catch you on a live stream. I'm glad I got to get on a call in with you. you know, I've always wanted to talk to you for a long time. Just, you know, cause like I said, I'm inspired by your story. I'm inspired by you getting on YouTube and yeah. doing what you do that you know, it helps me. And I know you help others and stuff like that. That's the kind of good I want in my life after having lost my wife, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do. I consider you, you don't know me as well, but I consider you my friend, you know what I mean? Right. But, well, give Hopefully me a call back one of be... these times, and we can talk again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure I will. But yeah, you guys, you guys are awesome, and I, I love you know whenever you bring your wife on or or your kid on, and you know I I, I feel like I get to meet your family and stuff. Yeah, so that's yeah, so awesome. <laughs> you, you got an awesome family, Owen. Yeah, I appreciate so it. it. I think great so. Great meeting you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll talk to you later on then. Okay. All right, man. All right. You have a good evening. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. Awesome. All right. Well, we are off the air. That was a long call, but it was an interesting one, I thought. Pretty productive. Uh, what did you think, Rose? Yeah, it was. I, I definitely enjoyed talking to everybody. I really, really, I, I don't know. I just enjoy talking to people. So, I, I mean, I'm probably going into the right profession. But, yeah, it, you know, it was. 
I, I wish I could have been more helpful, and I'm sorry that I couldn't be. No, you know what? You there? As I've come to find out, there are a lot of ethical rules that come along with being a lawyer that you cannot give legal advice to somebody who is not your client. It's a, a it's a real thing, apparently, that you can get in a lot of trouble for permanently if you do something like that. So just. General ideas, general advice, general information is pretty helpful, I think. But anyway. I will happily rant about Supreme Court cases with anybody, but unfortunately, the bar tends to frown on practicing law without a license. I, I wonder why. But Oh, terribly. Yes, yes, they definitely do. <laughs> okay. Next, we're going to talk about radio host Elijah Schaefer's recent claims about how persecuted white people are and how perfectly similar it sounds to KKK talking points from 50 years ago. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. All this movement that the left uses, like on, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and go out and vote, vote. No, don't vote, you f idiot don't vote you are stupid you are this is elijah schaefer now he got famous for this clip a little while back i don't know if you guys remember seeing this or not I, this is from november 15th 2022 is right before or right after the 2022 elections and oh boy was he upset that republicans lost the election in 2022 by and large so I wanted to give you an idea of who this guy is because he's had more to say recently. Just keep listening to what he had to say immediately after the 2022 election. You're a degenerate piece of scum. Your existence is menial. In fact, God loves you. Most of us don't. Your own family doesn't support you very much because you're intolerable. Your views are not well thought out. It's not your SSRIs and your depression, your mental illness that is making you miserable. It's the fact that you don't live for anything. You stand for nothing. So everything gives you value. And you watch TikTok as a hobby. So your life doesn't exist in any real substance. So no, you shouldn't vote. Wow. Okay, well, that's democracy for you, right? People who you don't like shouldn't vote. Totally. That's a perfect representation of my understanding of democracy. Absolutely. Well, he was fired by the Blaze after that. Or maybe shortly before that. I don't remember. By the way, the Blaze is like Glenn Beck's TV network, if you will. Glenn Beck was like the Tucker Carlson of Fox News for a while top-rated host for, like, who knows how long. Same as Bill O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly. They were all the top hosts on Fox at one time or another. Well, Glenn Beck was at the very top, and when he got fired or left or whatever it was that happened to him, he ended up starting The Blaze, which is a, a network of a, a group of various different people, up to and including Elijah Schaefer. So I want to give you an idea of some of the things Elijah Schaefer has had to say recently. He has this person on, whatever her name is, to talk to her about this. Check this out. Anytime you talk about, you know, white people being targeted, that's where they stop you. They don't want you to talk about that. You're allowed to talk about wokeness. You're allowed to talk about trans stuff now. You weren't for a while. Uh, you're when were you not allowed to talk? I mean, when I say you, 
When were Republicans not allowed to talk about trans issues? Give me a date. Tell me when it was okay. Allowed to, to go in certain directions. But if you really explain what this is, this is actually a hatred, anti-white racism. This is anti-Christian. This is anti-Christianity. This is anti-traditionalism. And at the core of this, yes, there are plenty of non-white traditionalists. There are plenty of non-white, uh, you know, um, Christians. It's, it's not that. But realistically speaking, it's the core of Western white civilization that they're trying to attack, deconstruct. And with that comes Christianity, comes the nuclear family. It's all about with it so that they can institute their own weird globalist version of collectivism that is not shared by by Caucasians and they don't want you to talk about that any talk of that they'll be like are you a graper this sounds very Nick Fuentes -ish. are they in the room with us right now Elijah who are you talking about when you say they he says anytime you talk about what was it the new world order anytime you talk about how persecuted those poor white people are oh so hurt and persecuted and hated. Oh, those poor white people. Anytime you talk about that, they start accusing you of liking the same things that Nick Fuentes likes. Okay. If you don't know Nick Fuentes, just buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride from here on out. That any talk of that, they'll be like, are you a griper? This sounds a griper is Nick Fuentes's like, you know, fan base, basically of that they'll be like, are you a griper? This sounds very Nick Fuentes. Yeah. This sounds very griper. Do you know what's funny? You can criticize Fuentes and the Grapers for some things, sure, but they're not they're not lying about the attacks on white people. They're being really honest. Just because you don't like Fuentes doesn't mean he's lying that there is an attack on white people. There is no attack on white people, Elijah. Seriously, get get it together. Come back to reality with the rest of us. White people are not being persecuted in society, okay? What an insane thing to even say, right? That there's an attack on this stuff. And if you f opened your eyes for like five seconds and got your personal squabbles and could just get over the Jew jokes and get over like the humor and stop being so sensitive. And oh, yeah. See, Nick Fuentes, he's always just making jokes about Jews, just saying they should be murdered. Wow. What? It's just a joke. Come on. Just get past all the jokes about Jews being killed and accept the core message, which is that white people are terribly persecuted, okay? That's all you gotta do. It's simple as that. And people won't accept that white people are persecuted. And oh yeah, uh, Jews kind of suck too, right? Jews should probably die, right? According to Nick Fuentes, if you just look past all the anti-Jewish jokes he makes. Oh, and they're jokes, notice. He's, tell, he's framing them up as they're jokes, okay? If you just ignore the Jew jokes Nick Fuentes tells and focus in on the message, white people are persecuted, you're good. Totally, totally. Stop thinking about money for like 10 minutes. Maybe you would realize that some people, just because you disagree with them on certain things, doesn't mean they're wrong about everything. And perhaps, perhaps, we're going to start suffering real consequences until we wake up in the West and realize that there is a real attack on white people and no one cares if we die. No. Okay, there's no attack on white people, first of all. And second, when somebody starts telling me that Jews committed 9-11 and that they're out to get you and you got to, I don't know, hide from them and all this other stuff, I'm going to start worrying about their judgment in other areas of life, all right? Forget the jokes. Look, 
I can tell some dark jokes with the rest of them. Believe me. I'm down with some dark jokes. I used to tell dead baby jokes. Okay, that's how dark the jokes are that I am willing to accept. But when you start telling me that Jews were responsible for 9-11 and that they are the heart of all of the problems in society and all this other garbage, I'm going to start wondering about your judgment in other areas of life. I'm just saying. But he's playing it off like, oh, just get past the stupid jokes. Just get past the jokes. White people are persecuted, okay? Just get past the dumb jokes. What he's saying right now, Elijah Schaefer, sounds a lot like what the KKK said in 1982. This is a KKK grand wizard, okay? November 4th, 1982. Listen to how similar they sound. We feel that affirmative action is discriminating against white people. And there is no question about it. Two wrongs don't make a right. Because black people were hurt and discriminated against in the past does not justify the discrimination against white people now. Sound familiar? White people being discriminated against now? Give me a break. White people are not being discriminated against. But all the way back in 1982, the KKK was taking this method of attack, this perspective, this pretext to attack other people, to remove other people's rights. They were using this method. White people are being persecuted, and we have to put a stop to that. Absurd. Just for good measure, listen to, uh, I think this guy's name's Pat Buchanan, this one right here. Listen to what he said to this grand wizard of the KKK. I introduced you. I didn't say that your organization was. I said, historically, to most Americans, you're anti-Catholic and anti-Semitic and racist. In other words, anti-black. You okay. said, we're not anti-Catholic. Right. We're not anti-Semitic. You didn't deny the racist thing. Well, it depends on your definition of racist. What I'm- Dude, I love it. I love it. I will, ne- I will never get tired of hearing that. Well, it depends on your definition of racist. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I just you got to love it, man. You got to love it. Anyway, let's get back to Elijah Schaefer. Let's talk about who this guy is and some of the other things he believes. Obviously, he's repeating KKK talking points now, right? I mean, I I feel I've well established that point. And obviously, he believes that white people are being persecuted in society right now. This is when he's still on the blaze. You can see the little B icon in the bottom right corner there. This is when he was still being endorsed by... Our old buddy Glenn Beck, the Mormon. Check this out. Early May 2022. And holding the wrong political opinion, which means not just the wrong one in terms of something that works against our nation, but something that works against people who don't even live in our nation, that are not from our nation, that don't give a about our countrymen and the people in it. Why are we being punished for working in correspondence and in collusion to make our country better? And that's what they mean by the wrong opinion. People who care about... Men and women being men and women, children not being groomed, this nation having an affordable and stable currency, a president that was actually elected, and a country that looks out for people and doesn't demonize white people, but realizes, thank you for making this nation. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. Nobody has ever had a problem with any of that stuff. But here he sits, reframing it, pretending to be a victim, and acting like, White people are the most persecuted people alive. Give me a break. It's like it's embarrassing that he can't just accept reality like the rest of us. 
This isn't even the worst that I've heard from this guy. Not even close. And you're welcome, everyone else that has been here. You haven't done much for it in terms of what we would have liked. You've only complained, and you've caused more problems. Yeah, you've only complained. You're welcome. Everybody else who refuses to agree with me, you've only caused more problems. And you're welcome for the good that I've done for society. Please, no more good. Just stop. We don't want it anymore. Please step away and go live your life somewhere else. Jesus Christ, dude, this guy. There is like a serious undercurrent in the United States right now of right-wing extremists being obsessed with the idea that white people are being persecuted in society. Seriously. This is Lauren Witzke. If you're unfamiliar with her, she ran for Congress in 2022 and I think maybe 2020 also. Lost both times, but got pretty close. Closer than I'm comfortable with anyways. Listen to her position on this stuff. We are the most persecuted people in America. I We being white people, of course. White people are the most persecuted people in America. I have never in my Amen. life felt so persecuted as a white person. I've never been so scared to have white children in the future. Because I'm like, this is only going to get worse. And not, not a single politician will say the word, this is anti-white. And it is. That's because it's not anti-white. What the hell are you talking about right now? Not a single politician will say the word, this is anti-white. And it is, it, I, I see the direction it's going. And it's not going to get any better. And until we openly embrace and stand up for the fact that we as white people have a say, you know, we helped build this country. We were there in the beginning. We discovered this country. We built it from the ground up. Right. She thinks that white people discovered the United States. We really don't live in the same reality, do we? Like at all. Does she think that when the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, there was literally nobody else here? It was completely barren, a barren wasteland, not another person in sight for miles? She lives in another reality. She must. built this country. We were there in the beginning. We discovered this country. We built it from the ground up. We should have a say, and we should be represented, and we should not be persecuted. These people live in an alternate reality. Straight up. They seem to believe that white people are the most persecuted people alive. If you think that's bad, let me show you a little bit more from Elijah Schaefer. For what it's worth, there's, uh, okay. This is speculation. Everything beyond this point is speculation, so take it with a grain of salt. Herschel Walker ran for U.S. Senate in 2022. He lost. But his son Christian Walker, as it turns out, is really famous on TikTok, really well-known. He's a right-wing nutcase, and he does all of these right-wing events and stuff. And he's gay. He's openly gay and attends right-wing events. Well, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. Don't know if this is true or not. But Christian Walker said that Elijah Schaefer, this guy on screen here, might have done some questionable acts at least questionable in the eyes of Republicans, with some of Christian's close friends at the last CPAC event. Little to no evidence to back this up except for Christian's word, so who knows for sure. Just putting it out there and the, for the sake of completion. There is a 
strong undercurrent of white racism and pro-white racism, anti-every-other-race-than-white, a strong undercurrent right now. And Elijah Schaefer, Lauren Witzke, and others are leading the charge on this front. Just listen to this one. This one is from early May 2022. This is when he's still on the blaze, of course. Yeah, Native Americans, get the out of America. You're on stolen land that you stole. And you want to know why, man? By the way, I'm Native American, partly. Uh, it's on my birth certificate, one half Native American. I, I don't think the percentage is that high. My family is registered as a member of the tribe. But anyways, yeah, I, I'm white passing for all intents and purposes. I'm white. Stole. And you want to know why Manifest Destiny happened? Do you know why we took it back? Because we couldn't live with you on the land because you guys kept declaring war on us and kept declaring war and trying to take back land that we already traded and or bought from you. And you did not understand property rights because you were savages. And that's why you got the name that you did. Unfortunately for you, that's what happened. Yeah. So you know what? It's just true. So you know what? It's just true, he says. You know what? I'm just telling the hard truths here. How about this one, dude? I, I just want to go down a little... Elijah Schaefer rabbit hole right now. Just listen to who this guy is, what he believes, the things he says and does. Check this out. This one is from early May 2022 also. This is the most racist thing I'll say all podcast. Oh boy, it's going to get bad, isn't it? The most racist thing he's going to say all podcast. Okay. People think that, that Australia is great because it's an all-white country. And it's just that's the only reason why it's good. And I don't. you can say that that's white supremacist. No, it's just it's a homogenous group of people with less population than there is in california in a landmass bigger than the united states they get along they don't commit crime they're clean and they have a common they have a common group right so all of australia the entire country is flawless no problems whatsoever right they don't have any kind of crimes whatsoever no knife crimes no gun crimes although that one's because they banned guns but that's neither here nor there no prisons even, right? Australia has no prisons whatsoever because there's no crime in Australia. Is that is that correct, Elijah? They're clean and they have a common they have a common group. Yeah, it, they're they're so clean, we don't even need janitors in Australia. A common group. Multiculturalism is gay. It sucks. It's stupid. It doesn't work. It never has worked. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. But they have a country. It's homogenous. Everyone thinks because it's a, a monoculture that it's like this really balanced society that's like, like it's just not violent. It's not trash and everyone's wealthy. It's actually true. But their politics are. Australia? Everybody is wealthy in Australia? Is that what he just said? Trash and everyone's wealthy. It's actually true. There's no trash and everyone is wealthy in Australia. Like, it's just not violent. It's not trash and everyone's wealthy. It's Are we talking about the same country right now? Is he just seeing what he wants to see? There is a serious white supremacist problem happening in the United... I'm sorry, not just in the U.S. Well, he's from the United States. But in the world right now, particularly the U.S. How did we get here? How did this dude arrive at the conclusions that he's arrived at? This is nuts. This guy is something else, man. Let me know what you think about him in the comments. He's got problems for real. The Blaze fired him, luckily. He's still making an impact, man. Still making an impact. Let me know what you think. Next, we're going to talk about televangelist Kent Christmas trying to back out of a tight spot he created for himself after saying Christians should be prepared to strap bombs to their chest. How is he going to get himself out of this one? Spoiler alert, he's not. 
We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. You want to know why the Muslim faith has had its advancements? It's because the Muslims were willing to die for their belief. They were willing to strap bombs to their chest. They believed in the afterlife. God, give us some men and women that'll get a hold of some passion in their spirit and says, I will lay down my life for the gospel. This is Kent Christmas literally calling for people to strap bombs to their chest. I don't know how else to interpret this, right? Well, this is a little while back, actually. I, I forget exactly when he said this. Mid-June 2023 is when he said it, right? And he rightly got criticized for it. Well, he's come out with an apology, something of an apology, to address the controversy, talk about what he really meant. See, taken out of context, of course, Everybody took him out of context, and he wants to set the record straight. So I want to give him his opportunity to set the record straight. He wasn't talking about Christians strapping bombs to their chests there. To die for their belief, they were willing to strap bombs to their chest. He wasn't talking about that. It was something completely unrelated. Your mistake, not his. So... Let's listen to what this televangelist, Kent Christmas, had to say to back himself out of this corner that he backed himself into in the first place. This one is mid-June 2023, immediately after the controversy. I do not condone violence to anything. As a Sounds like you do, actually. Sounds like you do. Sounds exactly like you do. As a solution. And this last week, I don't know how many of you, how many saw the, the posts? Me, I did. That um, we are advocating that you would put on chest bombs and... To Doesn't get much clearer than that. Yep, that's what you said. Bombs and to blow up things. Um, yep. And it created quite a firestorm so i want to say we're peaceful we're loving could have fooled me and that we believe in the gospel of the lord jesus christ as our greatest weapon and paul said this for the weapons of our warfare are not natural weapons but they are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds Okay, so he's saying, Paul said, the weapons that you use are not physical weapons, but it's the words of God that you use to pull down strongholds. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. So can you explain to me why you said this then? Some passion in their spirit that says, I will lay down my life for the gospel. Can you tell me why you said this? The Muslims were willing to die for their belief. They were willing to strap bombs to their chest. Can you tell me what any of that means, if not exactly what it sounded like? Please, I am a, an open book. Tell me. I, I want to know. Give me the information. What did you mean when you said Christians should strap bombs to their chests 
in the name of Jesus to accomplish their goals. I don't understand. The Lord Jesus Christ as our greatest weapon. And Paul said this, for the weapons of our warfare are not natural weapons, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's a shame that I even have to address this. Well, you have to address it because you said Christians should strap bombs to their chests. But, okay. Blame everybody else, I suppose. Go on. But evil people don't play by the rules. Right, it's evil people that are doing it. Not you. You're not the one that said it. It's evil people that said it. Okay. This is why we never do interviews with secular uh, entities just because last week was uh, a perfect example. They take things out of context. Brother, you don't have to do an interview with the outside world. We can hear the words coming out of your mouth. That was not the result of an interview. That was the result of you sticking your foot so far into your mouth we could see it coming out your Okay? That is what happened last week. You making a complete fool of yourself in front of the entire congregation. Actually, you know what? That's, I, I'm mistaken. He wasn't making a fool of himself. He was accurately and adequately describing his theology. He has to dance around it and beat around the bush and pretend that's not what he really thinks most of the time. But for a split second, maybe 10 seconds total, he came out and he was actually honest about what he believed, about what he expected from his people. 10 seconds is all it took for him to express to his people what he really wanted from them. It's because the Muslims were willing to die for their belief. They were willing to strap bombs to their chest. They That's all the time he needed, and now his congregation knows exactly how he feels about this stuff. Lives for Christ. Amen. We are declaring that from the standpoint that we must be willing for evil people to kill us. Okay, we're saying the reason I said we have to strap bombs to our chests like Muslims is because we have to be ready for other people to kill us. Oh, that makes complete sense. Totally. Absolutely. I get it now. I get it. My mistake. My mistake. For what it's worth, that is not the only disturbing thing that Kent Christmas has had to say. He is a televangelist, if you're unfamiliar, and all that implies. He has said some absolutely unhinged stuff in the past. I just picked a couple of clips out. Check this out. Mid-October 2021, he had this to say. We are not the friend of this present administration of course, the Biden administration. That is trying to kill our nation and our country. Biden's trying to kill the nation and the country? Okay, what's the difference between the nation and the country, by the way? Is there some distinction that I'm unaware of? Are, are they not, like, the exact same thing? I have nothing to lose today. I didn't ask to be well-known. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, he kind of did, actually, but okay. Hallelujah. Harabobobotoria Sunday. 
In the name of the Lord, I lose a righteous authority in you today, hallelujah, that we are done. Mandala momondoria Sunday, hallelujah. So he released a righteous authority today, which was October 2021, and he declares that he is done. Did it work? What happened? Uh, was he successful in declaring himself completely done? Or was he full of it all along? And listen to him speaking in tongues like God is giving him some kind of a message or something. Guess what? I speak in tongues too, as a matter of fact, and God gave me a contrary message to yours. You know what God told me? He said, Owen, Kent Christmas is full of it. Has no idea what he's talking about. Now what? The enemy has messed with the wrong people. Right. The enemy has messed with the wrong people. You know, the ones that are willing to strap bombs to their chests, those people. I've had it up to here with the vaccine. We got too many people dying after they take it. No, we don't. And the media won't talk about it. That's because it's not happening. I've had it up to here with every time I get on a plane, I have to wear a mask that does not work. Yeah, I'm not a fan of wearing masks either, but guess what? I do it. I do it. As a matter of fact, up to this moment right now, to my knowledge, I believe that masks don't work on this most recent iteration of COVID. I believe that masks don't work on this one. But you know what? I wear it anyways because I'm not a scumbag. I just do it because that's what you do when you live in a society. And what's this guy doing? He's giving us a mean look while he says, Talk about it. I've had it up to here with every time I get on a plane, I have to wear a mask that does not work. Just wear the thing. How does this affect you negatively? Why do you care? Wear the mask. You are like the most selfish person alive. If you refuse to just wear a simple mask on an airplane, you really can't even manage that. You know, there's a televangelist named Shane Vaughn who got arrested a while back for this. This is televangelist Shane Vaughn, if you're unfamiliar. He is a Trump pastor, believes Trump to be the Messiah. He spent three years in prison for running a life insurance scam where he was a life insurance salesman and he would collect people's social security numbers and he would file for life insurance in their name and name himself as a beneficiary and when they died he got all of the money for it so anyways he spent three years in jail for that little scam that he ran and as a matter of fact he went to jail over not wearing a mask on an airplane too seriously these these people refuse to fit into society in any way they cannot manage to fit into society this clip is from early January 2022. I'm surprised I ain't in jail. If I go to jail, y'all better bond me out. Don't let me sit in there all night. Give me my cot, my cookies until somebody bonds me out. Listen. Again, he's been in jail before for three years. Listen, all joking aside, these people have lost their minds. And they keep expecting everybody to sit down there, lay down there, and take it. Well, honey, I'm not no homosexual. I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. What? 
Okay. Not no homosexual. I don't lay down for nobody. I don't take it from nobody. Okay, nobody ever said you did, but now that you're bringing it up, I'm starting to wonder if maybe you do. Is that weird to anybody else? Shane Vaughn goes to jail. Literally went to jail because he refused to just wear a <laughs> mask on an airplane. Why is it that difficult? Masks are a pain in the ass. I hate masks, but you know what? I wear them. I put it on, because who cares? Is it that big of a deal? Now you just want to be some sheeple following the crowd who's screaming and crying they're being oppressed. Absurd, man. And he, he look at, look at Kent Christmas here. He looks mad. He's, he's just furious. He's angry. Whoa, you telling me I have to wear a mask? Can Christmas go Hulk mode? So in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, I ask God to expose the fallacy of this thing. Uh, Lord, expose the fallacy of, okay. What fallacy are we talking about here? Listen, the first thing Jesus did after resurrection, because when they buried him, the Bible said they covered his face. And when he resurrected and they went in that tomb, they found the napkin or the mask. No, it was the face covering, the napkin, not the mask. Folded by itself. Because God was saying, you're never going to shut me up again. No, it was because God resurrected Jesus, according to the story. Had nothing to do with Jesus talking or spreading his message or whatever other garbage you believe it was this guy will literally distort the meaning of the bible to fit his narrative to fit what he wants it to say does it get more depraved than this seriously does it get worse the mass hear me there is and i know this by the holy ghost i.e i don't know this at all but i'm going to claim that i heard this from the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to make something up right off the top of my head. That's what that means. Hear me. There is, and I know this by the Holy Ghost, there is an intention by the enemy to break the spirit of our nation. There is an intention by the enemy to break the spirit of our nation. And apparently Satan is doing that by having everybody wear masks. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Check this one out. Mid-June 2022. Just want to give you a well-rounded idea of who this guy is. All of these evil men that the enemy is manipulating in this nation. Yesterday, when God began to prophesy, and you've heard me say it here recently. When God began to prophesy, what he means is when he was talking and pretending God's voice was coming out of his mouth, okay? So when you were pretending God was talking through you, go on, I'm listening. Prophesy, and you've heard me say it here recently, because I heard the Lord tell me, he said, I'm going to loose a death angel in the earth. And this morning I was in prayer, and I was reflecting on that, because I realized it was a very strong word. I okay, D God's going to release a death angel upon earth. And how long ago was this now? At least a year. 
longer than a year now. And God told him he's going to release a death angel. Okay, go on. I really, I know, I'm not just slinging stuff out when I prophesy. I'm hearing what. Totally. I bet. You're not just slinging stuff out. Absolutely. I believe you. Totally. I know, I'm not just slinging stuff out when I prophesy. I'm hearing what the Lord has to say, and I understand the impact of it. The Lord spoke to me. He said, and it's the same angel that I loosed in Egypt. So the angel that God is supposedly going to loose as a death angel upon society over a year ago now is going to be the same one he loosed on Egypt. Totally. Absolutely. I believe it without question. Haven't seen a lick of evidence for it, but I totally believe it. Man, I feel the sovereignty of the Lord. Now he's pretending to have some kind of a special connection to God right now or something. They ain't going to be voted out. They're going to be removed out. So he's saying that politicians like Joe Biden, for example, isn't going to be removed for he's not going to be voted out of office. He's going to be taken out by the death angel that God loosed in Egypt. That's what he's saying. And it's not just Biden either. Apparently, it's like every politician, every politician to the left of hunting the homeless for sport is going to be taken out by God's death angel, according to Kent Christmas, because he totally, absolutely has a bead on this stuff, knows exactly what God wants him to communicate. Absolutely. And people clapping for this. Just embarrassing, dude. Sorry excuse for him claiming that Christians need to strap bombs to themselves. Now, we heard exactly what you said. We don't need to wonder, well, what did he mean by that? Let's just break this down. You know, how many commas were there in that sentence? No, you said, and I quote, because the Muslims were willing to die for their belief, they were willing to strap bombs to their chest. Because the Muslims were willing to die for their faith, they were willing to strap bombs to their chest, quote unquote. I don't know how you misinterpret that. That's what you said, and that's what you meant. Now, you may have a different position now that you've been called out for it, but it was pretty clear when you said it, and it was pretty clear when the audience was cheering when you said it, too. The audience is on your side through that entire thing. They didn't call you out. They didn't boo you. None of that. They knew what you were saying, and they liked it. So tell me again, what did you mean exactly? When you said Christians should be more like Muslims, more willing to strap bombs to their chests? Anyway, this dude is a joker, man. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about televangelist Manuel Johnson famously claiming that Jesus told him to buy a BMW motorcycle for him, making even more bizarre claims about God putting Trump on Mount Rushmore. Not physically, of course, in spirit. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I was going down from the mountain just in odd. Just an order which just happened to me. And the voice comes. He says, My son, 
go get our bike. He said, our bike. Go get, go get our bike. Not oh. your bike. This is not, so it wasn't just about me. This is Manuel Johnson. He's a supposed prophet of God who claims that Jesus told him to go buy a BMW motorcycle. Go get our bike, not my bike, our bike. Absurd. This guy's actually in my intro. I've, I have a little intro reel that I run sometimes for like live streams and stuff, and he's at the very front. I love it, dude. It is so funny. It's it's so ridiculous. It's hilarious, honestly. So anyway, some uh, new developments with this guy recently I wanted to talk about, but let's finish listening to what this guy had to say. Literally crying over the fact that Jesus wanted him to use his parishioner's money to buy a new BMW motorcycle. How much money is that worth? Uh, tens of thousands? How much? Let's see. I, honestly, I didn't even know BMW made a motorcycle. I thought they just made like cars, sedans, or whatever you call it. Let's see. Select a year. I think this happened in 2020, maybe. 2021. Select a model. He said a new one, right? So F750GS. It's just the top one there. I don't know. Listing price, $10,000? Really? Is that it? I thought for sure it would be more than that. Let's check out the S1000RR. 18000 Well, still, I, I thought for sure it would be closer to like 50000 to maybe even a hundred. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like as much money as I expected from a BMW, but okay. So Jesus told him to go buy a new BMW motorcycle. Okay, go on. Just go get our bike. Wow. And he's crying. He's crying. And Steve, I just broke down. I just broke down right there at the foot of the mountain. I just broke down. Go get our bike? What do you, what, Lord, go get our bike? Yes. Yeah. And when the Lord directed me to the bike, it's a BMW. This is ridiculous, dude. Come on. Oh, my God. This is just painful. Seriously. Well, that's not the only painful thing that this dude has said and done. Check this one out. This is late November 2021. Okay. This is a year before the 2022 elections. It was about 10 months or no. This is about a year after the 2020 elections, a year after Donald Trump lost his election. And what does prophet of God Manuel Johnson have to say? Listen to this one. Late November 2021. Into this, I went through this portal and I, I, I'm watching and I see a lot of movements. It was a beautiful day. A lot of movements. So this guy is looking into a portal and he sees a lot of movement in this portal. Nobody was wearing a mask. Glory to God. It was a thing of the past. The mask, the virus is going bye-bye. And I didn't know what year it was, so I saw it. So COVID is gone, just doesn't exist anymore. The virus has gone bye-bye in this portal. And I didn't know what year it was, so I saw a gentleman pass by me. And as he was passing by me, I'd ask him, I said, sir, what year is this? And he looked at me crazy. He thought I looked like he, I, I think he thought I was drunk. And I said, sir. 
Are we sure that he wasn't drunk? He's telling me, what, what year is this? And he looked at me and he says, where have you been? I said, please tell me, what year is this? He goes, man, it's 2022, don't you? As if a stranger would waste all of this time on it. Where have you been? No, he would either tell you the year or he would ignore you completely, seems to me. He goes, man, it's 2022. Don't you know? It's 2022. And I go, wow. And then he started to walk away. And I asked him again. I know I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this. I said, sir, who is the president? Who is the president? And he said, don't you know? I said, I don't. Please tell me. Who oh, boy. Who is the president? And he told me, he said, it's Donald Trump. Oopsie daisy. This this guy just picked a whole bouquet of oopsie daisies, didn't he? He claims in 2021 that he got a glimpse into a portal into 2022. And in that portal, God showed him Donald Trump was still the president. Oops. Donald Trump is our president. And saints, get ready. I don't care how it looks now, Donald Trump is our next president. He will get a second term. So the, may, the way it looks, it may look like that he's not winning. It may, may look like all this stuff, but God has plans for our president. Dude, how does this guy have any credibility left? Like, literally any? This guy so very obviously lied through his teeth, right? How can anybody believe a word out of his mouth? after everything that he said. He claimed Trump is going to be president in 2022. God revealed it to him in a vision. And here we sit years later, and he lied. The whole thing was a lie. He will be, and you will see him being inaugurated a second time, our president. And they're going to show that picture there on the screen. He will be inaugurated a second time. Donald Trump will be our president for a second term. Glory to God. Just embarrassing, man. This guy has no shame. None. Megapraiseministries.com. Let's just, out of curiosity, let's see what we got going on here. Megapraiseministries.com. Welcome, dear friends. Megapraise Ministries is a non-denominational, which probably means some version of Pentecostal, ministry led by Pastor Manuel Johnson and his wife, Shava Johnson. What a name, Shava. They're compassionate leaders who serve with excellence and integrity. I mean, he, of course, he's writing this himself, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pastor Manuel Johnson's straightforward and uncompromising message of God's love and truth has inspired many to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Shava Johnson's revelatory teachings have brought deliverance and freedom to many. Just absurd, dude. Absurd on every level. Check this one out. Mid-July 2022. I just want to give you a little bit of lead-up to who this guy is and what he believes before we get into the newer stuff. This is him with Julie Green, supposed prophet of God, Julie Green. If you listen, I said it, I'm sure Julie Green said it, and a few other prophets said it. We said it several months ago that the population of this person in office right now is going to dwindle. Population is going to dwindle. I think he means... 
the popularity is going to dwindle. But okay. I don't remember anybody ever saying that, but all right, whatever. Oh, his popularity, it already has. Yeah. I keep following. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's going to dwindle. 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 Now, this, what I'm saying right now is not a prophecy. These are constitutional facts. <laughs> you know that these are going to be complete lies next, okay? When a sitting president population popularity drops under 20 percent the congress and military can step in and make decisions no no to literally all of that that is completely made up it doesn't matter how unpopular a president is the military cannot do a coup and take over the government for him. Absurd. That's all I'm going to tell you. Great. Thank you. And you know, his, you know his popularity is propped up. He's already, oh, yeah. he's already underneath of that. I yeah. think they have him at like 38% right yeah. now. Last on so, yeah. so, so yeah. But it, once it goes, once it goes 20% and under, mm -hmm. that gives Congress a right and then no, it doesn't give anybody a right to do a coup against the U.S. government, against the uh, the U.S. president. Under. Mm -hmm. That gives Congress a right and the military a right to step in and make decisions and move a person out of, of a position. Mm -hmm. The only reason why... You hear her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. No! No to all of this. Mm-hmm. The only reason why that hasn't happened yet is because the number two in charge is not greater, is, is worse than number one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, right, so it would be Kamala Harris taking control if uh, Biden was impeached or something, okay? Honestly, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when the miracle comes in. That's when the miracle comes in. Okay, so I guess that's when Donald Trump is reinstated as the president from that point, right? These people just live in a fantasy land 24-7. Mid-January 2022, check this one out. He goes out on uh, Steve Schultz's program, The Elijah List. I think the Kelsey O'Malley is the host's name here. Listen to what he has to say to Kelsey. Congress certifies a president. Okay, Congress certifies a president. Sure, I, I suppose so. If the certification is not certified... They can't do it. 45 was supposed to be certified because of the voting frauds. And it got pushed back and pushed back until 46 came in. And by that time, it was too late. Okay, it's a lot more complicated than he wants to make out here. There are chosen electors by different parties in different states and all this. It's not like Congress that gets to choose all this stuff. That's not an accurate representation, but okay. Sheva is seven in Hebrew. Is that real? Interesting. I didn't know that. Thank you for that information. I guess this guy's wife's name is seven in Hebrew. Fascinating. So I have to explain this to you. 45 was never impeached. For him to be impeached, he could not re-enter as a president. No. 
45, i.e. Donald Trump. Donald Trump was impeached twice. He was not removed as president. If he was removed, then he wouldn't be allowed to run again as president. But you can be impeached without being removed. So yes, he was impeached twice. If he was impeached. He never got impeached. Yes, he did. Twice. Matter of fact, I prophesied that, that he would not get impeached. Oh, is that why he's leaning into this so hard? Is that why he can't deal with the fact that Donald Trump was, in fact, impeached twice? Because he promised, he prophesied that it wasn't going to happen. Now it's all clicking into place. Even though he tried a few times. That means he is still president. Still. Okay, wait a minute. Now, when did this video come out? This video came out mid-January 2022. This video came out a year after Biden was inaugurated. A year after he's inaugurated. And this guy is saying, apparently, the only way that you can be removed from office as a president ever is if you're impeached as a president. Since Abraham Lincoln was never impeached, apparently he's still the president. Or, I suppose, until they die. Since George Washington wasn't impeached, he's still the president, apparently. Absurd. Seriously, come back to reality with the rest of us. Give up your BMW and come live with the rest of us here. Okay, so that brings us to late June 2023. He has more prophecies to lay down for us in late June. Check this out. We had to go to Rush Mountain. And I will show a picture there. Because it has something to do with our president, Donald Trump. Dude, please. Okay, F- first of all, I really hope Donald Trump does not get his face on Mount Rushmore. But second, if it does get on Mount Rushmore, I really hope it's not this stupid face he's making right now. This clueless, absent-minded face right here. Please, not this one. Anything but this face. Because it has something to do with our president, Donald Trump. Saints, I'm telling you, his face may not be carved there in stone, but it is carved there in the spirit. Mm. His face is carved in the spirit. Okay, what the hell does that mean? Wow. Did you hear her? Mm, Wow, wow. Okay, interesting. It is carved there in the spirit. That is completely and totally 100% meaningless. What the hell do you mean when you say Donald Trump's face is carved in Mount Rushmore in spirit? Either it's carved there or it's not, Manuel. Listen to this one, late June 2023. Here's another. This dude just keeps laying down prophecy after prophecy. But the minute I landed in Texas, that's when the spiritual warfare happened. I'm checking. Yeah, I feel my wallet. I feel my boarding pass. I feel my boarding. My phone. <gasps> no phone. Oh, Something. no. Oh, where? I'm looking around. Spiritual warfare. He lost his phone and it's spiritual warfare. Okay. I said, Lord, I, in the name of Jesus, I dispatch the angels that were assigned to me. In this assignment, in my life, to direct my footsteps, 
Okay, wow. So this guy apparently has personal angels that were dispatched to work for him personally. And also, he has a pair of headphones that one might fall or that one might find at a call center sitting there reading a script about diet pills or something. He's got this headset like he's trying to sell an extended warranty on a car or something like that. What the hell is going on right now? My life to direct my footsteps. I finally got to terminal D's all the terminals, but I didn't remember the number. I saw a stewardess at one of the terminals. Okay, they're not stewardesses. They are flight attendants. They don't like being called stewardesses or steward eye, I suppose. I saw a stewardess at one of the terminals and I asked, actually it was two of them. And one said, well, we couldn't help me. I heard the word the Lord say to me, show them your ticket, your boarding ticket. So I showed them my boarding ticket. She said, well, we can't really help you. Then the stewardess next to her said, flight attendant, not stewardess, flight attendant. Then the stewardess next to her said, I can. So she took my ticket, did the computer thing. Oh, you came out of terminal D number three. So I'm praying, I'm dispatching the angels. He's dispatching angels, okay. Direct my footsteps, direct my footsteps. The dear lady that we came out of was still there. Nobody was there. I go there, finally. Then she turned and looked down, opened some drawer, and pulled out my phone. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, it was the Lord that did all of that for him. Not the hardworking flight attendants. Not the pilots and the lost and found and the staff the janitors and everybody else at the airport, not them. No, it was the Lord that we have to thank for finding this dude's phone. Okay. Praise the Lord. Saints, I'm giving you the short version. This whole thing took about. Oh, thank. At least he's not giving us the long version. The short version. This whole thing took about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Yeah. But it took a decreeing and declaring using supernatural means. Totally supernatural. Mm. It was a supernatural means for me to find yeah. my phone. God will do the impossible. Absolutely. God will do the impossible to help you find your phone. Because you know what? That's what he cares about. He could be optionally saving children who are literally starving to death right now. Children don't have a penny to their name. Parents died a long time ago. They're alone, have nowhere to live on the street, and they don't have a shred of food. And God could be saving them, could be at least guiding them to a food pantry, but no. Instead, he's guiding your to your phone to find yeah. my phone. How valuable of God. Such a nice guy. God is, huh? It reminds me of that time. He helps Hank Kuhneman find his keys. You remember that early February 2023? Hank Kuhneman televangelist someone you're watching me right now and you're like, man, I, I, I lost my keys. 
I can't find my keys. They're underneath the cushion. I'm serious. It's underneath the cushion. Go do it right now. And if you can, type it and tell people. I'm serious. It's underneath the cushion. You didn't even know that it was there, but it fell out. So God could be saving children who are literally sitting on a street corner right now. Nowhere to go. I've been there. Teenager. Nowhere to go. You don't know what it's like to walk out of what was once your house that you were told to leave by your parents and walk to the end of this, the, the driveway there and realize I, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to live all of a sudden. Just like that, I have nowhere to live. I have no food. I have no things. I have, no, I have nothing but the shirt on my back. What the hell do I do now? I've been in that position where I had to crawl in the window of a girl's bedroom and stay in her bedroom with her without her family knowing for three weeks. Pissing in Gatorade bottles, you know why? Because I didn't want her family to find out. Because I couldn't use the bathroom without them finding out. Because I had nowhere else to go. But God is helping Manuel Johnson find his phone. Supernatural means. Mm. It was a supernatural means for me. That, that is so nice of God. People literally don't have anything to their name. Cannot survive the night. Will die tonight without food. But God's helping this guy find his phone. Isn't that nice of him? Or he's helping Hank Kuhneman and his audience find their keys. How nice of God to help them do such a thing, huh? I mean, does anybody really believe this garbage? Seriously? Sadly, people do. Sadly, people buy this. Every second of it. And this dude is just ridiculous. All of them are. How are they not, like, laughed out of church? How do they still have a ministry? Just absurd, man. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. These people blow me away, seriously. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.